Welcome to Family Mission. Mark and Kim here again. Again. With Woo-hoo. you this week, talking about the mission of, of marriage. marriage. <laughs> and if you're not married, man, don't tune out, man. Stay home. Just know about the mission. Man. Learn everything you can learn about the mission. It's the mission of love. Prepare is, yourself for the mission. Amen. The mission of love is the mission of marriage, but it's also you and I becoming soldiers of the cross. That's right. So it's going to enrich you. Even if you're not married, it's going to make you and help you be a better Christian and a witness for Christ. But let's stay this this uh, assignment for these podcasts. Let's stay on this mission of marriage, sweetie. Okay. Well, we are going to jump right back into Genesis. All right. And we kind of talked in our last conversation uh we just kind of barely scratched the surface. And, and I love how you said that um, this is a podcast that is connected to marriage. It's for those that um, are married to be enlarged and enriched. Mm-hmm. But um, this is something that, and what we're going to have in this conversation today about is just really what happened with Adam and Eve mm-hmm. in the garden. And I think it's something that will in, enlighten all of us. Yeah. It's a place of growth for all of us, whether you're married, you're single, um, you're, you've been through a divorce, you've been through the death of a spouse, whatever place you are, I believe that these truths can enrich your life today. So yeah. hope you continue on in our conversation. Grab you a good um, cup of coffee, as That's Mark right. would say, or I prefer lots of good tea. Um, Maybe you're not either one of those. Just grab your glass of lemonade and listen on. That's right. Because there is a mission to marriage. And if we are the bride of Christ, the Bible calls us the bride of Christ. That's right. So understanding the mission of marriage is, again, it's, it's understanding the mission of the church. And in Ephesians 5, when when Paul gave instructions to men and to women, he nestled that glorious church right in that context That's right. in Ephesians and we so, talked about that a couple weeks ago so as we dig into Genesis here this is this is why this is important to whoever you are listening but let's get into Genesis because here's what happens in Genesis chapter 3 we see God who is love he's needing to communicate uh-oh he's needing to have a conversation there needs to be a safe place and he's he's coming to talk to Adam and Eve they've made a choice um, he said to Adam, and he actually told Adam this before Eve was even created. He gave Adam instructions about the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil. Okay, so let's say, and we're, we're going to just pause this for a second because I am such practical. You, you guys that know me, um, I like to put the the practical. Give you an example. Okay, so in this story. In this revelation, in this instruction in Scripture, we're going to see something. And God is wanting to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Well, Adam and Eve know exactly what they've already done. Mm -hmm. So maybe you are needing to have a conversation with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And your spouse already knows what they've done. <laughs> now, did did God just not confront it? No, no, no. What did God do? He actually gently, kindly, lovingly, safely had communication, and he 
opened it up. Mm-hmm. So every marriage needs a safe place for communication. Yeah. And it's a place that you create in your heart. Yes. It's, it's not about a physical place. So it was in our home. It was. We had the opportunity because of the home we were blessed with. We had a lot of different rooms and space. And so we could create a space that was unique for that. Um, but most importantly, it's a place you're going to create in your heart. It's a place that you're going to have the conversation from. It's a place that you're going to speak from. That's the place that you create so that the conversation that's taking place, the, the conversation around things that may need to be adjusted, and and we need to find solutions. We need to find a new way. We need to find out what is God's way in this matter. And so you gotta you gotta talk about things with your spouse, with your children. So you want to have, if you can, it, it's wonderful. We've if you heard our testimony, we've talked about a, a place we created in our home where you know it was just a place we knew when we talked here, we visited here. This was the time to make sure that we pursued creating a safe place. For communication. Uh, for communication, because um, one thing that we learned early on, um, whenever I was doing uh, prison ministry, um, we had to go in each year for recurring training. And the third year I went in. Um, so I, this would have been very early in our marriage. Oh, very early in our marriage. Um, I remember going in and, uh, you know, you normally just you're signing paperwork, you're eating donuts, drinking coffee and. And you're going to hear about all the contraband and, you know, don't <laughs> don't get personal with the inmates. Don't give them personal information. I mean, just normal stuff just to keep it keep it right as a volunteer going into prison, you know, max prison. But then each year they try to bring in a specialist to maybe bring some something interesting. Special highlight. So this year um, they brought in a guy that was the specialist, the point person where if you have a hostage Situation. Hello. A hostage situation. Hello. You, uh, they were going to talk to us about that. Well, here we were. I was like, wow. I guess I realized I was going into a max prison. I guess I realized I was going in among criminals. But, man, you just get in there and there's just men just loving God, seeking God, trying to, you know, turn their heart, change their ways. And so I guess I never really thought about the potential, the risk risk of a hostage situation. But (laughs) by the time he was done explaining. You knew about a hostile takeover. I realized this is a possibility. (laughs) There could be. And so here was the point though he made in a hostage situation. He said, listen, you just basically you're just going to do what you're asked to do. I turn it over to the professionals. Let the professionals <laughs> handle the conversation. Because why? He said, because professionals know how to remove the threat. Hello. Because here's what he said, and I never forgot it. It has marked our life and marriage and ministry. It's, it's marked us forever. He said, because all, all communication, communication ceases in, in a threat, threat environment. environment. So you have to remove the threat if you're going to. Otherwise, you're just going to be shooting, you know, artillery over the walls. You know, Oh, you mean in a conversation, you're loading your gun as they're speaking. You're not you're not even hearing what they're saying. You're just ready to defend, defend Mm -hmm. with your (laughs) your (laughs) ammo the next bit. So look at what Jesus did. Yeah. Look what happened on the cross. What, what was that all about? Because God had lost intimacy. He'd lost agreement. 
He'd lost partnership. The conversation had been dry for thousands of years. Yeah, he spoke through his prophets. Yeah, he spoke, but he didn't have them in his space. Only one man went into the presence of Hello. God once a year. But through the cross, through the death, burial, resurrection, ascension of Jesus, it was going to now be open house in heaven again. Yeah. And the door, Jesus, was going to be wide open for anyone to come home and to have their shame removed, their guilt removed, their sins removed, so that the conversation could again begin in that safe place that we could now be in the presence of God again. So look at what God did to reestablish conversation with his man and realize if he could do that. We can do it. We can do it. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of times marriages, you can feel like you're a hostage. Ooh. A lot of times marriages, you know, a man, the woman, it, it could be both. It could be one. Uh, you can feel like you're just trapped and your marriage is like it's like you're in a and prison. And every time we go to have a conversation this way, it ends up this way. Exactly. Ooh. You just feel like you're stuck. You know, and sometimes you just need to have the hope that there's a way. There that, is a way that my marriage, our relationship, can be healed, or maybe just an area that just needs healing. It may not be the whole marriage. You might have a lot of good that you enjoy and share, but it might <laughs> well, be one, one area. area. Man, when it goes there, it's just painful. It's just hurtful. It's frustrating. It's and, like opening a wound. Exactly. It's like tearing a scab off, and, and you just don't even want to. And so you avoid, and you, you build walls, and you think that you're free. but You no, hide from it. Exactly. And so realizing the potential of how we can respond when we realize we're not safe, because here's the here's Genesis. You say, what about Genesis? Well, that's the setup. What happened in Genesis? That's all right. They covered. They covered. They hid. They hid. And they blamed. And they blamed. So what does that reveal? It revealed they didn't feel safe. That's right. Now, was there a reason for them to not feel safe? Was, was God just going to just crush him like a bug no no the first thing he did is he killed an animal an innocent animal and made and made clothes skins for them for them he mm-hmm. covered them he did and innocent blood was shed it was already a prophetic picture of what would happen thousands of years later when, when jesus jesus would come to not just cover but to remove our sins and clothe us with his righteousness And reestablish that relationship, that intimacy, that agreement, that partnership. But but look real quickly in Genesis four, because what happened, you know, with Adam and Eve and the running, the blaming, the hiding, it happened almost immediately later when God had to come to their children, Cain and Abel, because here's we got a sibling spat going on. (laughs) (laughs) No sibling spats allowed. None, 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 none. Think about this. A lot of times in marriage, a lot of pressure on marriage happens because of what's happening with children. Oh, well, let's just be real here. This is something that statistically they say. Mm -hmm. Sex, money, and children Mm -hmm. are the main top reasons. For divorce. For divorce. Separation. Yeah. Escape. Yeah. And so when Adam and Eve, you know, had their children, Cain and Abel, you know, a lot of times you just even hear the word Cain and you think, oh, you know, what a what a failure. What a what a bad guy. I mean, it was the first murder in the Bible and it wasn't a drug deal that went bad. It was an offering, an offering over an offering that was mm-hmm. being brought to the Lord. And but notice again, well, but look at the tree. Mm hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> that was the one I, that was the one Hello. one tree that God said, that's mine. That's right. Exactly. And so when God came to Cain in Genesis chapter 4, um, it's, it's just beautiful. It's the same example because we're talking about how do you create a safe place in your heart? How do you come and have a conversation where you're going to have to talk to your spouse, talk to your children, or broaden it out? You're going to have to have a conversation with an employee, with an employer. You know, th- these principles apply to all healthy conversation and communication. So um, so here's the offering, Genesis 4. Um, Abel brought an offering, verse 4, the firstlings of the flock and the fat, and the Lord had respect. He received Abel's offering. Verse 5, but unto Cain and his offering, he did not have respect. He didn't receive it. So there's a revelation. God does not receive all offerings. He did not receive it, even though it was brought. So Cain was angry and his countenance fell. Mm -hmm. He was angry and he was sad. He felt rejected. He felt dejected. And so the Lord said to Cain, here's the conversation. So he came came to Cain, just like he came to Adam and Eve in the beginning, and they hid and blamed and covered. Look what's happening again. He's coming to Cain. Now this would be like, this is like God's first grandchild. Yes. I mean, think (laughs) about all, if you're a grandparent out there, think about your first grandchild. Hello. I mean, not Adam and Eve were the son and daughter, but now the, here's the first grandchild. You know, before you get a bad attitude towards Cain, realize he was the oldest. This is the first grandchild. And so God's coming to his first grandson, and he asks a question, just like he asked Adam and Eve, where are you? Simple answer. I mean, Adam could, but no, he, he was hiding, he was blaming, he's covered. So he's asking questions. Here's a great way to start healthy conversation. Ask questions. Ask questions. You read the gospel accounts. Look at how often Jesus asked questions. He was always asking questions. He even answered questions with questions. Mm-hmm. So there's something that keeps the heart open. Who do open. you say I am? <laughs> exactly. There's something that keeps the heart open and makes the heart feel safe. Um, if you're wanting to pursue truth and pursue God's ways, keep questions coming. Keep asking questions. Well, and one thing I'll I'll just add right there. In that asking questions and the response, he, because you said Jesus, even answered Mm -hmm. with a question. You know, sometimes in our communication, especially between husband and wife, when you're in in an open, safe place of communication, mirroring back, answering back, making sure, and the question we've learned, is that what I'm hearing you say? Mm Mm-hmm. That particular, you know, verbiage, that particular posture of heart, Mm -hmm. because then it is, am I hearing you correctly? Mm -hmm. It's not a, I'm instantly ready to jump back into my defense mode, but I'm actually hearing you. Wanting to hear. Mm -hmm. Our son Sam says it this way. I think there's a reason God gave us two ears and one mouth. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) We we should be better at listening than we are talking. (laughs) But so before we look at this question, because I heard a, a question in my heart, and I think one of our listeners, you're asking this, and it'll it'll help all of us. You keep hearing us say this safe place, this safe place, create a safe place. Let me let me give further defi- definition to that. What does it look like when you are seeking God being right? 
See, if the conversation where you're having to maybe confront something, deal with something, work through something, if you come at it from a place you want to seek God being right, that's the safe place you create. Because it's not about you just uh, letting them know how you're hurt, let down, how this is causing pain, how this is just not good. It's not about just discovery of the wrong. It's about, hey, let's seek God being right. And there's clearly something here that isn't right as far as God's way of doing it, God's right. way. And so it's we create the safe place by we create the, the focus of the conversation. That's right. So when you have the right focus in the conversation, that's the safe place you've created in the conversation. Hello. So why God was clearly coming to Cain not just to slam him, he wanted Cain to adjust. He just like he wants all of us when he comes to us, he wants us to adjust and we'll be we'll be of course healed when we do. So he says uh, uh, but unto Cain verse 5 he did not receive it and he said Cain um, and Cain was angry and his countenance fell. The Lord said in verse 6, Genesis 4, 6, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? And so here's a, here's a big indicator of something not being right in a, in a marriage. Is there anger? Something that just always, you know, uh, <laughs> there's like a, a pocket there like <laughs> that just gets poked. I mean, anger or something that puts you in a place of depression where you want to escape you want to you want to go shopping you want to you want to go get some chocolate or whatever you're you know what eat you know, chinese food or you want to go eat chinese food or whatever there's there's ways that we know when our when we're sad when we're angry but look at verse seven this is so huge when we understand where god's coming from verse seven god says cain cain if you do well Will you not be accepted? Hello. Now, what's the issue? What is God saying? He's saying, Cain, I'm not unreasonable. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many people, I think sometimes they think God's way is, is like unreasonable. It's like, God, you know, I mean, this this woman you gave me, this man you gave me, this these children you gave me, this life you gave me. I mean, sometimes people think that they've been dealt this impossible deck, that the hand that they've been dealt is just unfair. We got to get over that hurdle that God is unfair, That's right. that God is unreasonable. You know, you even hear it. Sometimes people will say this, you know, well, I suppose you probably can't read your Bible enough. I suppose you probably can't, you know, go to church enough. I suppose you can't, you know, pray enough. Well, why would you say that unless deep down there was this maybe this undertow that God is unreasonable? Hello. You know, and so we have to realize that God's way of doing and being right Though it may require major shifts, major change, maybe just a little adjustment, we have to get this lie out of the way that God is unreasonable and that his way is unreasonable. And so he had to address that with Cain. He said, if you do well, won't you be accepted? If you, um, if you do not well, sin is lying at the door. Mm. So he actually comes to him before he sins. Love will do that. Love will love will have the conversation before it, you know, costs something that may not be able to be, um, you know, got re- retrieved. He says, but sin is at the door and its desire is for you and 
it shall you shall rule over him. Listen to the amplified of this of verse seven. If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master, master it. it. And so here's the thing. Conversation takes practice. Mm-hmm. Converta- conversation takes work. It's not something that's just going to be beautiful, you know, and just perfect from day one. But commitment to God's ways, commitment to God's redemptive purpose, commitment to the mission of marriage is going to make your conversations get better and better and better. Your your parenting will get mm-hmm. better and better and better because life will require you know, I don't want to say I don't even want to really call it hard conversations, but conversations where you're going to have to work through stuff. You're going to have right. to find solutions. You're going to have to find answers in God. You're going to have to be. You're going to have to find out who's going to adjust here. How do we adjust here? What what needs to change here? What needs to stop? What needs to be introduced? All of these things. But it, the healthy place we create is we create a place where we're seeking God, yeah. being right. And we know that God's ways are not unreasonable. His way can can be a way that our marriage flows. His way can be a way that our home flows. And it just takes a commitment that we make, and it starts with a decision. Mm-hmm. And that decision can be made right now today where we just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to adjust, and the adjustment I'm going to make is I'm going to commit to doing it God's way. I'm going to commit to every conversation, to every discussion I need to have, whether it's an internal conversation I'm having with myself, or it's a discussion I'm having with my spouse, or it's a discussion I'm going to have with a a child or somebody I care about. I want to come at it from the place God would come. That's right. I want to come at it where I'm seeking their value, their identity. That's and right. their purpose. Come on. Not just the place of, man, this is, <laughs> man, I, I need some relief here. I need them to change for my sake. No, I want the change to be for God's sake. For God's sake. Amen. Amen. And it starts with realizing in Genesis 3, you know, what did Adam do? What did Eve do? What did Cain do? Realize that if we yield to our flesh, this is what we'll do. We're going to escape. We're going to escape. We're going to cover. We're going to blame. We're going to hide. And so we got to realize that's the potential of everybody's flesh. Hello. <laughs> it's, it's not just, and we all got flesh. Well, and, and let's just take it even a step further because I hear this. Um, you know, sometimes you're looking at, well, the reason why I'm struggling with this in my marriage, in this relationship, is because of something that happened in my past. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if something happened in your past, what's the easiest, best way to handle that is to allow truth Mm -hmm. to be enlightened, to shine on that past, Mm -hmm. and truth sets free. So you no longer cover that. You no longer hide or want to escape from it. You actually, what I like to say, you hit it head on. Mm -hmm. And you say, okay, Holy Spirit, this took place. I'm asking you to help me clear my memory, Mm -hmm. free my emotions, Mm -hmm. 
allow maybe strongholds that came in through that activity, through that experience to be released from me. Yes. Allow the washing of the water of the word of God yes. to come back into your life about that situation pertaining to to that forgive mm-hmm. and let it go apply the very blood of Jesus that he shed for us put it under the blood and be free from it yeah yeah see because what what happened in the garden was God immediately sent a sacrifice yes and he immediately re Clothed. That's right. So when we allow the Holy Spirit's work and the precious blood of Jesus and what he did for us to cover us, Mm -hmm. to cleanse us, Mm -hmm. to wash us, and then we take the word of God and we allow that to produce life in us. Mm -hmm. We allow those words to become those seeds of the word of God they penetrate our heart and they begin to grow in our heart. And then all of a sudden that, that seed is now a a fruit bearing tree. And so we allow the word of God then to become life to us Mm -hmm. newness. So then how does that affect our relationship? Then we can be honest Mm -hmm. with our spouse and say, I am reacting to you based upon something that really has nothing to do with you. Yeah. But I need to be able to have you help me walk free from this. Mm -hmm. Come into agreement. Come into partnership with me as I come into the word of God, partnership with the word of God, Mm -hmm. with the help of the Holy Spirit to completely eliminate this. And eradicate it from my life. Yeah. See, that's working in partnership. Instead of just reacting mm-hmm. based upon our feelings of a way that we've always reacted, and and this comes to mind. So you were abused in a certain arena. And every time your spouse, even not abusively, but even begins to go into an arena in a loving way, you resist, you react emotionally. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay, I'll take it even a step further. I'm speaking to women, and you have somehow been sexually abused. So every time your husband even wants to put his hands or, or you know around you in a in an embrace there's something inside of you that doesn't want to allow that even though you know he loves you even though it's not an abusive situation now mm-hmm. but it based on a past mm-hmm. situation so that's I'm I'm kind of addressing that particular mm-hmm. thing right now. So what I just said, you put into place. Mm-hmm. And you begin to say, I'm not trying to resist your love. I'm not trying to reject you. But I need you to help me as I allow the word of God to eradicate this root mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. And see, that's that's partnership. 
That's mm-hmm. agreement. Yeah. That's coming into union with the Word of God. And then you allow healing, His healing, mm-hmm. His blood to cover what needs to be covered. And then you walk free from it. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a intentional pressing yes. that takes place where mm-hmm. we press into truth. Mm-hmm. We press into the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We press into our relationship with Holy Spirit. And so there's a pressing that takes place. And so I want to leave you with just this little image as we kind of wrap up our conversation here today. I just want to just add this before you do that. Is this that whole scenario that I just talked about actually creates a very vulnerable place within your covenant relationship. Mm -hmm. So to be open and honest, and maybe it's something you've never even spoken about. Mm -hmm. So that vulnerability comes from knowing the very love Mm -hmm. of Jesus and allowing him to establish you know, because we're going back to the mission of marriage, mm-hmm. the mission of love. Mm-hmm. What's it all about? Yeah. And and men, this also applies to us that mm-hmm. there does there has to be a vulnerability with our with our wives. We have to because there's areas we need to be healed. Mm-hmm. You know, again, uh, obviously she gave an example with sexual abuse, but there's it all goes both ways. There's both ways. It can be with a man. A man can experience things, but also it can be in other arenas where we are traumatized. We feel abused. We feel rejected. We feel disrespected. We don't uh, feel the things that we want to feel. And so there's reasons for that. And it may not be what your wife's doing to you. It could be something, something unfulfilled, something that was done. And that same exchange needs to take place from you with your wife. And so it, it, what we're talking about is just not a gender issue. It is what man and women, man and woman need to work together on. And it's, mm-hmm. but I wanted to give this example because it's something that, We've seen, and obviously you don't have the visual in front of you, but it won't be hard to imagine. But if you were to take two pieces of colored clay, <laughs> Play-Doh, Play-Doh, if you were to get two pieces of Play-Doh, a pink one and a blue one. Hello. And you got a, you know, the pink for the girl and the blue for the boy. And, you, and we're not confused. Sorry. And we're not confused. Exactly. And so you begin pressing them together to make them one. Hello. So this is what we do. We're we're pressing into God's way of doing things. Well, because when when we when we press together, you take that illustration, you're no longer pink, you're no longer blue. Mm-hmm. You are actually a beautiful combination of a of a purple color. Mm-hmm. You know, the very purity, the very royalty of Christ himself. Mm-hmm. And that's the journey of your marriage. That's the journey of becoming one flesh. It's a continual and it's a constant pressing into Christ, into your relationship with Christ, that together as a couple, together as a married couple, you as an individual, 
as we press into him, his mm-hmm. way of doing and being right, as we continually press, there's less and less blue, less and less pink, and more and more purple. <laughs> and eventually it's entirely purple because it's all about Jesus. It's, it's all, all about, about the about kingdom him. of God, this eternal family. And you're, you've pressed in with your marriage. You brought your marriage you become, under the mission of love. Yes, you become you, that royal family. <laughs> you become that royal family, and that gives something for your children to watch. That gives something for your children to witness and behold. And as they behold that, that's going to instruct them on how they walk with the Lord, how they press into Christ. It's going to model something for them and their future marriage. And on and on it can go from generation to generation to generation.